am fearful of many things, although I put on this mask that I'm not. Greetings, welcome, hey y'all! And to my peeps, suck passe. I'm Herdeen Marcier. I'm so excited. I'm the proud host of the Redefining Grief podcast, where we create non-judgmental spaces so broken hearts can be seen, heard, and validated without judgment. Now, I got to tell you, today is another amazing episode of us featuring the series called Men Have Emotions Too. Now, before I even get into who our guest is today, I have some grief announcements. And they are, don't forget to join our free Grief Crusaders community with Herdeen Mercier on Facebook. Yes, it's free. Join community. You do not have to grieve alone. The second grief announcement is, drumroll, I am having a master class two this month. Yes, I said two on June 25th at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time and June 30th at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You can register at www.herdeenmercier.com forward slash masterclass www.herdeenmercier.com forward slash masterclass what are you waiting for register now register now life-changing event if you feel stuck in your grief journey if you don't know what to do next if you're looking for community but don't know what it looks like, if you're having a hard time with your faith right now due to your grief journey, listen, this is a master class you don't want to miss. This is a master class you don't want to miss. And I pray all is well with everyone. I really do pray on my grief crusaders out there. All is well. Without further ado, let me introduce to you our speaker. His name is Gerald Washington. I call him Mr. Empire. You heard? Mr. Empire. Oh, my Lord. He has a long history of taking brands and businesses to the next level of success. Gerald's leadership, innovation, and business skills leave only two words to describe him, empire builder, okay? Today, Gerald is the owner of several multi-unit real estate holdings, a transportation company, brand management division, and now he's changing lives through his speaking and coaching programs. And I got to tell you, Mr. Empire Builder himself is an author. His book is called Don't Just Start a Business, Build an Empire. Washington's latest ventures takes him off his Hollywood hiatus and back into the amazing world of entertainment and television production. With the launch of Driveway Production, his Atlanta-based production company, a renowned sense of purpose, a laser focus, and committed to providing programming that not only will be entertaining, but will tell the types of powerful, 
cultural driven, complex, perspective based, impactful stories so many viewers are craving. I love it. Now, I got to tell you, Mr. Empire Builders did not start in his 20s. He started literally by creating a five figure business, candy business, in high school. Yes, high school. He's been at it a very long time. While attending college, he founded a marketing company that promoted national concert tours and counted major brands such as Coca-Cola among its clients. After obtaining a bachelor's degree in advanced economics, he launched a boutique real estate company with his then-girlfriend and future wife, Patrice. I got to let y'all know, she's my coach, y'all. <laughs> Within a few years, Gerald had built a multi-million dollar real estate empire with several successful million dollar companies under his belt in the, his early 20s. Gerald took a huge financial hit during the economic downturn of the late 2000s and lost the majority of his businesses. Determined to rebuild his portfolio and surpass his previous success, Gerald bounced back stronger and wiser than ever before. Stay tuned. Gerald Washington is the ultimate empire builder, but he's just getting started. Without further ado, welcoming to the grief mic, Mr. Gerald Washington. Greetings, greetings. Welcome, Mr. Gerald Washington, Mr. Empire himself. I'm so honored that you decided to be a guest in our man series called Men Have Emotions 2. I welcome you to the Redefining Grief podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I know I look at you and I'm all smile and teary-eyed, but how I met you was through your amazing wife, Patrice Washington. Um, it was a God connection through a Instagram ad and my life has forever been changed. Um, and she affectionately calls me Geraldine and, we'll, <laughs> and we know what that means, but you know, in seeing you, I'm smiling, but if she was on here, I would be a hot mess. I don't know if I would ever have the courage to invite her on. Cause I, I just, nothing would get done. Yeah. That's how much I call her my business Harriet Tubman. Come on. And I cannot, you see, I'm already there. Like <laughs> she helped get me through some dark days. Mm. And she reminded, she reminded me her life story, her encouraging words, her wisdom reminded me the importance of anchoring down in faith. Come on. And building what I'm going to now, what I have, I'm claiming it, my empire, where I can leave a legacy for my children's children. And I always tell her that my kids' kids will know her name. Mm. Wow. That just gave me chills. Yeah. And so I know, you know, behind every great, powerful wife, there's a husband. Come on. And now I got you, Mr. Washington. Yeah. I can be giggles with you. I love you with all my heart because I've listened to your podcast interview. I've gotten to know you. 
I've called, I can call you my brother, you know, even though wifey calls us twins. (laughs) (laughs) But truth of the matter is, what is your truth? Hmm. Wow. My truth is that I am not perfect and that I am fearful of many things, although I put on this mask that I'm not. Mm. Um, that I am figuring it out as I go. That um, my success has come with a lot of failures. Mm. And those failures have, when I looked at them and I paid attention, have begun to minimize me making the same mistakes, but they don't prevent me from making mistakes. Mm. and the the thing that forces the fear to to arise or the the uncertainty is that I have women that depend on me, mm. and I take that responsibility seriously. So when when things that I pursue or that I'm trying or conversations or people or relationships don't work out. It's not because I don't think I, I can't get back up because I don't give a damn. I, I you know, I can mm. I shave and bathe for months and not mm-hmm. care. Mm-hmm. But those women depend on me. And so when success is not, when I'm not as successful as I want to be, what comes up is, is what they'll think or what is the repercussions for them. And, and as a man, that's the harder part. So that's my truth. Mm. The, the women that are depending on you. Yeah. What comes up for you and your truth that brings the fear, that brings everything that have you maybe question yourself mm-hmm. is that these women in their eyes are depending on you. You know, Jameson, you know, hubby, the love of my life. <laughs> you know, one time when we went through our struggles and just falling down, getting back up, falling down, getting back up, going through the journey of having our car repoed, going through the journey of having our lights turned off, his the most fearful question he was always afraid that I would ask him is baby now what now what what? and he's always concerned that that he won't have the answer Mm. and so I think about him and you mirror him in such a way. And I I think I'm kind of fast forwarding, but I said it in the intro. You went from having it, right? Building the million dollar business with your then girlfriend, Patrice, now your wife, then to losing it all. And we, we lost it all about the same time and now building it back up. And so it looked like working different jobs. And for Jameson, it was delivering newspaper Mm -hmm. with a master's degree. Could not find a job. For him, it was um, delivering sushi. Could not find a job. But I want to know what that journey was like for you and the feelings Mm -hmm. behind it as a man. Yeah, so for me, my newspaper route was Taco Bell. Mm. Um, and, and this is after many attempts at corporate jobs. We lived at at that point, we lived in Metairie, Louisiana, because the properties that we had left on our books were in New Orleans after Hurricane Katrina. 
And after I tried everything I could in order to, to find more money to rehab these properties and survive, it just didn't work, right? So mm-hmm. notices on the door, my daughter Reagan was one and a half or two years old running around our now 700 square foot apartment, if it was 700 square feet. Um, and my wife was running outside to catch the, the power man before he turned the power off. Like, listen, can we just make it through the weekend? Begging him to act as if he went by this house and just didn't do his job. Mm-hmm. And sometimes she was successful, sometimes she wasn't. Um, and we were, we were a month to month trying to figure out how to pay bills that um, weren't expensive in previous life, right? So mm-hmm. my, my power bill was, was a dinner at a restaurant at mm-hmm. the beginning of my career before. Mm-hmm. You know, my rent was my car note, if that, right? And so, so, so you're living a life now where it's like, okay, you're figuring this out. And the only place that would hire me, I went from McDonald's to Hardee's. I went to daiquiri shops. The only place that would hire me was Taco Bell. Um, and they gave me that job. And I don't know if I even realized in that moment the humiliation that would come in the process, mm-hmm. right? Because now I went from two college degrees, multi-million dollar um, business, um, tailored suits and a BMW and a Range Rover and all these things to wearing this uniform and coming home smelling like lettuce, cheese, tomatoes, and sour cream. But beyond that, I'm now looking at people across the counter from me who have no idea of my degrees and, and my business acumen talking to me about the fact that I didn't put tomatoes on their taco with, mm. an, attitude, with an attitude, right? And, and, and that on top of the fact that I'm trying to stay humble and grateful to God because I have a job now, right? I went mm-hmm. from zero income to now, I may have made $1,200 a month at Taco Bell, but I could pay our bills, right? I, we, we, could, we could eat, right? Mm-hmm. And, and don't get me wrong, I would bring home lettuce, tomato, and cheese in the night from, from leftovers, and I could make you some meals. I could turn that thing into something, something terrible. So. But the, the process was, um, it was difficult as a man, right? You know, in, in those moments, you don't think about this time when you come through it. You're just mm-hmm. thinking about getting, getting from day to day. And, you, and you're also, you know, your wife who is looking at you as the provider now has to look at you as the guy who works at Taco Bell. My daughter, as she got a little bit older, would, would say, Daddy, you smell like, uh, food, mm-hmm. you know, it's, and so those things, um, they weigh on you, but, um, but the, the hard part is not counting yourself out. Oh, that's good. It's not, you know, not counting yourself out. And that's a struggle mm-hmm. because every day is difficult and the devil knows See, the devil doesn't try anything new. Mm-mm. You know, he, he don't bring nothing new to you. It's always somebody from the past, a situation you dealt with before, a circumstance that reminds you of something. It ain't never nothing new. Um, and so it was, it was a heavy burden. Um, but we got through it. We got through Thank it. God. Thank God you did. I'm thinking about the time as a wife. And I wonder, after I say it, I wonder if it's just your ideas in your mindset in what you're saying in your head because when Jameson yes it was hard but when Jameson was delivering newspapers with a master's degree and in a PhD program and delivering sushi I thought oh he loves us Mm. I thought oh he loves us 
I'm loved. That he would take on, and this is just my wife in his hat, you know, that he would take on a job that he knows he is overqualified for. Man. Just to add 20 or 50 or $60 to the pot that I have mm-hmm. and us coming together. So for me, I thought, now this is love. Because I know a lot of stories of other women who have men, but they're not willing to do anything. So when I saw him do that, I saw love. And, and, and my wife tells me the same thing. And, and, and I'm honored that that was the outcome of her thinking. And, and I wanted to believe it daily that that's what she felt. And she showed it. And she told me and she had my back and we slept on the floor together. We drove one car and dropped each other off and tried our best not to, not to, 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 to make the moments in that situation that got rough, not so rough personally, mm-hmm. but reflecting on what was going on. We did our best at that. But as a man that was raised by a strong man, it's hard to accept that as okay. Mm. Right? So yes, you look at it as love and, and you're, gra- you're, you're glad that I'm doing it. But for me, going through it, it's like, when is it going to be over? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm going to do this because I have no other choice. Y'all got to eat. We got to eat, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but you're all, in my mind, I was always looking for what was next. Yeah, I'm working here now, but not for long. And I appreciate you love me, but you about to see the man you married come back. Mm-hmm. Coming back, you know? Um, so, yeah. Yeah. And you come in, in saying you're coming back. Um, I've once heard you say you have to bury your old self in order to reconstruct your new self. How did you reconstruct from Taco Bell to the Steve Harvey show to other, all your other accolades to building back this multi-million dollar business? How did you reconstruct yourself that journey? Yeah. You know, um, I think, when it's in you, it's in you, right? And what I mean by that is that there are certain learned um, mechanisms of life that, that become a pattern in your system, like riding a bike. And I think it's true that you never forget how to ride a bike. You may have mm-hmm. to fall and try again, but you never forget. And, and making money and understanding the psychology of people was something that I didn't forget. I just didn't have the right avenues. They weren't available to me. And sometimes I, I psychologically psych myself out of having them as an option mm-hmm. because, because I wavered in different directions and wasn't clear when I was having conversations and couldn't see beyond my current situation that I, that I wasn't able to maneuver. However, um, you're not going to hold me back. So even at Taco Bell, I started off as a cashier and became a manager very fast because I'm not going to run this like I'm a cashier. This is my restaurant. The goals are the goals. This is a metric set by young brands for us to hit. And we're going to hit them. And I'm a motivator by heart. So my entire team couldn't wait to work my shift because our shifts were the best shifts. And, our, and I'm in Taco Bell, but I'm the CEO of this location while I'm here. Mm. And, and when I started with Steve, I was a production assistant. I got green drinks and coffee and, 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 and picked up his bags and, 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 and reorganized the closet with the degrees I have in the suit that I had left. But I was the CEO of every of the production assistant role I got. I was there. He had to be there at 5. I got there at 4.30. He left at 3. I didn't leave until 7. I organized that closet with precision. 
That craft service table that had little snacks and food was seamless. I mean, it was everything was lined up. He wanted his coffee hot. I got him two coffees. I was the CEO of my role because that is my mindset. This is so my good. Circumstances, my circumstances were different and my circumstances were adjusting to my future, right? I was where I was because of what had happened, the recession and poor decisions, but now I was adjusting to where I was going. So I couldn't continue to live and soak in what was happening. I had to adjust and my father died. My father's my best friend in the world. So in this time, my father passed. And so I'm trying to figure out how to deal with this guiding light that although he wasn't as educated as I was and didn't make as much money, he was the man I knew and the best man I ever met. And so when he passed in the midst of all of this, I'm, I'm, so, so we're dealing with that. We're dealing with trying to find future and where we're going. And then we have, you know, in, in the essence of this, of this uh, podcast, we're dealing with grief. I'm like, mm-hmm. man, this, this dude's on do I knew mm-hmm. that, that, that would show me the way. So, Hopefully that answers the question. It, it did. It did. And let's go back. So you're dealing with the grief of who you are as a man. Yeah. You're dealing with the grief of the grief losing. Of who, the, or the grief of who I'm not as a man. So that's so, true. Yeah. That's so true. The grief of who I'm not. Right. Yeah. Because you're not, although you probably started off as the cashier at Taco Bell, you went in with, I'm the CEO. I, I did. I, I grew to that. I'm gonna be honest with you. I went in as I gotta pay this bill, and mm. and I had to humble myself enough to even walk into Taco Bell. Then I had to humble myself enough to beg this gentleman looking across at my current resume, and because I got told no multiple times because I was overqualified to work a register. Mm-hmm. I, I cried in that interview with that with that with that gentleman. I said, "Sir, this is not about this resume. I need this check." So please look past me being overqualified to work in this establishment, knowing that I'm going to take whatever job you give me. I'll clean these toilets. I'll wipe these tables down, but I got to be able to buy milk because I can't even buy milk at this point. And so, so I was saying that to say that I, I, I was the CEO, but I need to be the CEO of getting this job right now. Right. Mm-hmm. How, how do I, because becoming the CEO is not attached to a dollar amount. I think it's attached to being the chief executive officer of the situation. And my situation was getting a job and I needed to be the chief executive officer of moving through life to find whatever it took to get milk. So I can't be the CEO of running Taco Bell. So I'm the CEO of getting milk and I had to get milk first. Mm. Hopefully that. that was good, Gerald. Mm-hmm. That was good. Like that triggered a lot for me. Just like my pile pearls of wisdom mm-hmm. head is just like running a mile, million miles an hour now. Whew. So now I'm going to take you over to an episode that I heard, not just a business, but an empire. I believe that episode was called, right? And in that episode, you talked about you basically somehow, some way, Patrice was working for Steve Harvey at the time. And then they asked, what's your husband doing? And then you went to go and work for his manager call. Um, or used to be manager called Rashad Mm -hmm. and talk about that experience of now working Taco Bell, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong and that job to make ends meet. And then not even knowing that you were getting hired, you were in an interview. Yeah. So my wife was working a desk job as, as an assistant to one of the cast members from Steve's radio show and her old boss um, and mentor Rashad said, what's your husband doing? And I was literally working at Taco Bell. I worked the morning shift from 7 a.m. to, you know, 4 p.m. 
And he asked if I would, would be willing to watch his home at night because him and Steve were going on the road, they're doing comedy tours and he was having construction done at his home, which literally at present day is seven minutes from my home now. Wow. Alpharetta. Yep. And so I would go to Taco Bell from 6 a.m. to 4 p.m. and have to be at his house at 6 p.m., right? And sometime I would go from, from 7 a.m. to right around 5.15 and have to be right at his house. I would change clothes at his home, wouldn't worry about showering, would wash up in the sink, you know, in the bird baths you do sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I would be at his home every night as security. I was a security guard. That's literally what I was, making sure it did not happen at night because you have this empty house for construction. He didn't want anything to happen to it. But what began to happen to me, because remember, I was at, in New Orleans doing construction on my own properties. And so as construction was being done at his house, I had this old broke down Blackberry that was, the screen was cracked and the buttons was falling off. But I would send Rashawn messages at night about the things that weren't done correctly. Sir, you should probably check this when you come back, call your guy in the morning. I've seen this, I'm seeing that. There's flooring outside in the truck because he was, re- he was re- refurnishing the entire floor of his home with hardwoods. And the trick with hardwood is not that it should sit outside. It has to sit inside the home for a certain amount of time so that it, so that it can um, acclimate to the in, inside degrees of the house. And so I'm watching this wood sit outside in this trailer. I'm like, sir, this wood sitting outside, I'll bring it in. I ain't got number time at night. Mm-hmm. They open, if they need a door open, I'll bring it in. He paid me more for bringing that wood in than I made in Taco Bell for two months. And I would bring it in one pallet at a time by myself every night until it all got inside because it didn't need to be outside. What I didn't realize is I was the CEO of that security job. That's mm. And me being the CEO of that security job, taking notes at night and sending it to him just out of pure, not, not being mediocre, right? I'm just not going to sit here and be a security guard and collect this check you're paying me. I'm going to do extra because I have not, I'm not here sleeping. I'm here doing what you asked me to do. And then I'm seeing things where my other skill set that God provided me earlier can help. The wiring should be this way. These sockets are not correct. The backyard should be that, sir. We should identify this. I'm walking outside and I'm seeing that. I was interviewing without knowing it by sending these messages for the future job I would get. Because I'm now the CEO of being the security guard who's, who's given notes which showed insight and skill sets that I didn't know I had that got me the job that allowed me to quit Taco Bell as a production system. So now, so now I'm interviewing every night, sending notes, making suggestions. Is there anything I can do for you, sir? He had me upstairs above his garage was his office and there was papers everywhere. He said, go through these files and organize. I was doing everything possible to go above and beyond because I didn't want to just sit in the house and I wasn't that guy. Um, so I would go to work from, from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. And at night I would be at his home. And I didn't see my family at all consistently for about two and a half months. But in those two and a half months, I made more, ta- more at his house than I ever made at Taco Bell. Mm. and the whole time I was interviewing to now be the production assistant or to get a job in the system that allowed me to move my way up and do what I did in my career. This is so good. I think for me, it's always that mentality of just showing up Mm. and and being genuine. That's one. Mm -hmm. Showing up, being genuine, being yourself, and then doing what you know you can do. Do what you, you know God has called you to do. You know, Patrice always says this, and I don't know if this is an original quote, but she always says, people have the power, people are watching with the power to bless you. That's right. People are watching with the power to bless you, and you were blessed. And and thinking back, everybody needs to go back and go find Redefining Greed, no, Redefining Wealth podcast. Mm -hmm. 
and listen to that episode with Gerald because in now listening to it and you're saying now you're seven minutes away, for me, that's just, okay, God, you planted him there yeah. as a way of reminding. Yeah, and, and, and Rashawn had an amazing, has an amazing home. And I was telling, telling my wife in that time that I went from 7,000-square-foot seven house in Pasadena, California, to a 700-square-foot apartment in Metairie, Louisiana, back to spending the night, as I called it, in another 15,000-square-foot house a night as a security guard, to now, behold, come back to where I am now in a 10,000-square-foot house in Alpharetta. So you know what I mean? So, like, God, he never let me forget what it felt like. Even if I was there at night security guard, here's a reminder, son, of what this looks like. Here's what it feels like. Here are the options you can have when I bring you back and you're ready again. Um, and so we have to take all of those moments mm. and absorb them and, and, and allow them to be what they are, not more than what we think they are. I think that was the thing for me, too, is I was at Taco Bell. But this is a time and a place and a moment that I have to realize I need to be here. Hardest thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I was watching The Pursuit of Happiness, and I called my version of Taco Bell. That was my, this, that time in my life was where I learned humility. Mm-hmm. I was an arrogant person. I, I had everything. I made a lot of money. I had a lot of people working for me in my marketing company and the real estate business Patrice and in my touring company when I did major concert tours. Um, but the humility I needed in order to be successful, I had to learn by going through what I went through. I didn't like the route I went through. I would have changed it if I could have. Uh, well, I wouldn't now, but in the moment, I would have changed it. Um, but it taught me what I needed to learn to become who I am now. Mm-hmm. And you know something about just learning it? I'm thinking about my process of being coached by Patrice and not really wanting to take on the grief. Chief Grief Crusader wasn't sexy, but I'm sure as hell making it sexy now. Um, just thinking about that whole process and thinking back, it was always in me. And I know in reading your bio, since elementary, you've always had that CEO hat. And now, let's delve into the book. Um, Mr. Empire himself wrote a book <laughs> called Don't Just Start a Business, Build an Empire. Yeah. And you talk about this journey that you went through, and now you're at the phase of being an, um, Mr. Empire himself. And to, for the men that are listening, before you even get into that, what can you help them? What can you say to them that are emotionally stuck and not willing to deal with the humiliation in that short season? The first thing I'm going to say is if you don't deal with it, you won't progress. Right? And, and, and so I, and since we're talking about business, I don't believe there are emotions in business. Mm. There are no emotions in business. It's yes or no is black or white as dollars and cents. I'm emotional at home when I'm talking to my wife and my daughters, but that's it, right? And I'm saying that to say that you can't progress in this opportunity you have or decision you make or entrepreneurial effort you want to build if you don't deal with the, with the hardcore understandings of the emotions that are attached to whatever it is, right? And for me, I had to stop telling my Taco Bell story as, as something that people needed to sympathize with. Mm. Right. Because it because of my fear to progress or, or, or what I learned was um, my crutch to lean back on if something didn't work. My Taco Bell story was that thing that I would lean back on and hold on to or remind people of if I felt like things weren't happening the way they should. And so we have to deal with that. And I, again, I had to I had to bury that 
in order to move forward. Mm-hmm. We have to bury those things that, that are holding us back, even though we don't know they're holding us back. Mm, that's good. So let's, let's talk about the empire. How do we get to the empire? And please explain to the, the Grief Crusaders community what that looks like as far as the three different types of people. Yeah, yeah. Three different types of people in the world, in my opinion. Entrepreneurs, right? And, and before you become an entrepreneur, many times there's employees, right? So there's employees, entrepreneurs, and empire builders. We need all three. Employees are the individuals that come to work and they need someone to provide them a check in order for them, for them to pay their bills. They don't desire to take on the risk of running a business. They want to come to work, do their job, hopefully do it effectively, work there 40 hours a week and get a check. An entrepreneur is someone who effectively wants to go a step above that. They're not really keen on having a boss, right? You know, um, some, they want to have, make their own timetables. They want to hopefully uh, control their own destiny and they hire employees in order to run their business, which is why employees are important. The difference between an entrepreneur and an empire builder is, is simple in my, in my mind, right? Because the steps it takes to build an entrepreneur business in my mind are the same steps except multiplied that it takes to build an empire. And the problem is, as individuals, we wanna build this entrepreneurial effort, we wanna work it, and work it so much that we become an employee of our own business. Mm. Empire builders are like, empire builders are different from entrepreneurs, because entrepreneurs is the guy who starts a coffee shop right here in Georgia. And he has one coffee shop and he gets there every morning at 6 a.m., he opens the shop, he works it all day, he closes it at six and he does it seven days a week. And an empire builder identifies Dunkin' Donuts. And he says, I'm gonna open up one Dunkin' Donuts shop and I'm gonna get this one running and then I'm gonna train a manager to run this for me and I'm gonna go open another. And I'm gonna train a manager to open that one and I'm gonna open another. Because they're building an empire because they're not afraid to, to build up people below them, which start off as employees and then treat them like entrepreneurs because now you can run your own location, get a percentage of it, while I go build this empire and create 15 more like you. Right? All three people are important in this world. But the difference between entrepreneur and empire builder is a little bit of conversation in between. Because I always tell my, my loan officers and my real estate agents in my office, it takes the same energy, not the same marketing materials, the same conversation, but the same energy to sell a house at 100000 as it does a house at a million. It's mm. just which one do you want to sell? Which conversation do you want to have? Which person do you want to be? Mm. Do you want the million-dollar sales responsibility and risk and conversation and know-how that needs to be with it? Or do you want the easy, easier, as they say, $100,000 conversation and business development strategy? Both of them are okay, right? My wife and I are having a conversation with ourselves now about creating a sustainable income. And in and, and our sustainable income conversation for our household is a very high seven-figure conversation. It's, it's an amazing income strategy, but it's not one where we have to struggle day-to-day and hustle and grit and grind and do multiple things in order to hit this absorbent number for others, you know. And for us, we're like, man, you know, we hit six or seven a year. We're great. Mm-hmm. Do we want $20 million businesses? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, ultimately. But do I want the headache that comes with it? Mm. right do I want the responsibilities that come with it at this stage of my life no my stuff is paid for I love my cars right I want I want to spend time with my daughter I want to travel the world with my wife I want to go we want a house in Costa Rica here in a couple months I want to go to Costa Rica for six months and not be worried about what's happening here I want to go to every I go to every basketball game every Mm -hmm. volleyball game with my daughter I try to go to every practice I don't want that to stop because I'm now trying to hit 
a number that's quadruple what I'm currently earning, which is not going to effectively change my lifestyle. Mm-hmm. It's going to change my responsibilities and my workload, which is completely opposite of where I want to be. So employees, entrepreneurs, and empire builders. I love it. And I love it. I'm at the in, I'm at the stage when I'm empire building, baby. There you go. I'm you empire go. building. I can, <laughs> I'm yeah. adding to the team. I'm doing things. Um, um, I'm making some moves, and I love it. Yeah. I love it. Thank you for your wisdom. Now, before I let you go, I have some three questions, and one of the question is. What have you learned about yourself after redefining the grief in your life? That I'm not as strong as I thought I was, and that's okay. Mm. That I don't have all the answers, and it's okay to have someone to cry with and lean on and pray with. Um, That those around you can prove their worth by their actions, not their words. And I had to become unafraid to eliminate those that were not actionable people. Mm. Because I put so much weight and validation in their opinion of my decisions in my life that it held weight on me, but they weren't putting the action into helping me get through. So hopefully that answered question one. Yes, yes, it did. Who number two. Yes. Your fat, if, if this was your last day mm. and you can only say five words or less, what would it be? That's going to make me cry. Um, five words or less. It's your last day. The last, the last time anybody will hear your voice, your mm. wisdom, what would it be? That, that's, that's a very important question. Because I only get five words to say. Or less. I love you. And before I was trying to direct it at my wife or my daughters or my mother or my sister or my brother. And I think those that hear it will understand it. Because my love language is taking care of those that I love. And so as I tell them I love you, they'll know that they got it from here on. They know that I did my best to prepare them for what it would be without me. Hmm. Um, and that they can do it. Man, yeah, so that's it. That's I'm about, good. I'm about to I get felt that. <laughs> <laughs> Felt that. But um, the other question I typically ask my guests who have been predominantly women, this last question, if what song got you through? And I was talking to Jameson and I was like, oh, yeah, can you remind me of question number two? I can't remember what I normally ask my guests. And then he goes, but I don't know about that last question for the men have emotion series because I don't think we well, I don't have a song. And then I was like, so you mean I got to change that question? I'm going to go ahead and ask you the question. Right. And then I have a follow-up question if you don't have a song. And the question is, during those dark times, what song got you through? Um, so I don't have one song. So I'm, I'm going to answer two ways. 
if anybody knows me, knows me well, they know Guapale's song Closer is what got me through a lot because her song about being closer to your dreams. I ended every event that I threw in my marketing company playing that song. I do high school dances, college events, concerts. Every event ended with Guapale's Closer, no matter what, every event, the DJ knew to play it um, because I believe that I wanted everybody around me to know they were closer to their dreams. I mean, for years. So if anybody knows me, they know that. Um, but I think there are different songs that kind of help you push through college and other things that, you know, I mean, you're a young man, I, I agree with your husband, that, you know, different, different things. That, <laughs> but, but, but my life and the companies that I've owned and anybody that's worked for me know that Guapalace Closer is a song that has meant a lot to me for my life. I love it. Thank you, Mr. Empire. Thank you, Mr. Washington, for being on the grief mic. Mm, you, dropped a, you dropped a lot of wisdom. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And um, blessings to you and your family and your husband and the kids. And I appreciate it. Appreciate Thank you. It. Wow. That was amazing. That was amazing. I think I'm still trying to digest all the wisdom that Gerald shared with the Grief Crusaders community. I'm taking it all in. And what I can fully process right now on the grief mic is that you got to be the CEO of your life. You got to show up as the CEO of your life. And I also took away as a wife, um, as someone's partner, you have to be able to meet them where they are emotionally. How? How did I take that away? Although he heard Patrice say, I support you. I care for you. Um, I understand. He still had to deal with his own self. And so what I hope you gather is that, mm, this life isn't perfect and the roles will change and what you thought would happen in your relationship and the dreams that you had, you may have to mourn that. But the key is knowing you will get back and then some. He had to go through a humbling experience and I loved it. I just loved how raw and honest and being okay with as a man, it's okay to show emotions. You did your thing, Mr. Empire. You did your thing. You did it. Thank you. Go out and be the CEO of your life. For this life is not perfect, but the requirement of living it is. It's your girl, her Dean Mercier, and I can't wait to talk about this. In the Grief Crusaders community, open to males and females. Yes, you a man and you can join our community because the Grief Crusader women will see you, support you and validate you without ever stripping who you are as a person. With that being said, we talk about it in the Grief Crusader community. See you all soon. <laughs>